Hi there. Today you're listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich. This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Join me as I share some practical applications of the fruit of the Spirit. Here is where you can learn tools to cultivate things like love when you find your son sitting in paint, joy while cleaning up the paint, and peace in more areas besides just hiding in the bathroom. Yes, it is possible to love God, love others, and enjoy it. Hi, it's Mary Aldrich here, and today you are listening to The Fruit Pursuit, episode 11, all about faithfulness and God's faithfulness and feeling it. So October is our month that we really get into the fruit of the spirit, faithfulness, and I'm really excited about this topic. Of course, I feel like that we can't really start a topic about faithfulness without first talking about the faithfulness of God. After all, that is where we base our example of faithfulness off of, right? If we're going to be faithful to other people, what examples do we have in our life and in the world around us and through our creator that faithfulness, how is that demonstrated, you know? And so I'm excited to talk to you today about two different aspects of God's faithfulness. First of all, we're going to cover the reality, the truth of God's faithfulness. What is the truth about His faithfulness to us? And then the second thing we're going to cover is all about feeling it. This idea of how do we really connect with that truth. We know it's true. We've read it in the Bible, but how do we actually connect with it in our lives on an everyday basis? How do we feel that every single day? How do we wake up and really have an experience that that faithfulness is a reality in our life? So I'm super excited to dig into this with you today. And So as I said, we're going to talk about, first of all, the reality and the truth of God's faithfulness. Now, these might be concepts that you've heard before, but I think that all of us, if we're really honest with ourselves, often neglect what the truth is for how we feel in the moment. And so it's really important that we go back and just take a minute to really ground into what that truth is. So I'm going to read a few verses here and just talk about about them and really celebrate the faithfulness of our Heavenly Father and how much He loves us and how much He's for us. And I just encourage you to take this opportunity to do the same, to really enjoy this opportunity of meditating on the faithfulness of God. So the first verse I'm going to read is from Deuteronomy 7, 9, which says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps his covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. When I read verses like this, I like to ask myself a couple of questions. First of all, what does this verse tell us about God? Well, it tells us that he is God and that he's faithful. 
and that he keeps his covenants. He keeps his promises. When he makes commitments, we can count on them. And he keeps his steadfast love. He loves people and he doesn't stop loving people. In fact, it says to a thousand generations. Now, when I was younger, I used to think that I used to get nervous about um, generations and like, what if we're a thousand down the line? (laughs) And maybe I'm like the thousand and one generation. (laughs) And I would get a little nervous when I read this because at what point does the thousand generations end? And um, it was such a blessing, kind of in disguise. I didn't really see it coming. When I was, when I got married and my husband was really fascinated by um, ancestry and going back to see who his ancestors were. And thankfully, in both my family and his, we have at least one line in our ancestry that can track back actually as best as anyone can all the way back to Adam. That's pretty exciting, right? And so when we did that, what we realized was that from me or from my husband back to Adam was only, we were only at like generation 127 or 129, right in there. And it's such a silly thing, but it helped me realize like we aren't anywhere close to a thousand yet. So this is encouragement for you. If you are one of those people out there that you like start logically thinking about how you might possibly be excluded from a verse, let me give you some encouragement that we aren't anywhere close to a thousand generations. You got plenty of time. And so this promise applies to you that God's faithfulness and his steadfast love applies to you. And this says that it applies to those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. So, okay, loving him and keeping his commandments, that's really encouraging. Um, it's really encouraging to know that that he's going to keep his promise to those who are running after him. Now, what about those people that that lose heart, that don't keep their end of the game and their end of the bargain? What about those people who kind of like, oh, they don't keep his commandments 100% of the time, or they aren't loving him with their whole heart all the time. Well, let me encourage you about God's faithfulness about that. Second Timothy 2.13 says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. He cannot deny himself. If we are faithless. So when we drop the ball, he doesn't. That's the faithfulness of God. That's the reality. That's the truth that, okay, he's faithful to the people who love him and keep his commandments. And guess what? He's faithful to the people who don't. It says in 2 Timothy that if we are faithless, even when we drop the ball, he remains faithful. And so I love how we have this picture of both sides of if you've got your act together and you're loving God with all of your heart, I'm going to keep my promise. And if you aren't loving God with all your heart, I'm still going to keep my promises. That is some real encouragement to me. It reminds me that 
I am allowed to be human and mess up sometimes, and God is still going to show up as God, and He's going to take care of me. He's going to be on his on the job. He's not taking time off. And so I just love him for that faithfulness, and that's the truth. The next verse I wanted to share with you is from 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I love this verse. I do think that this is the place where people, before I read it, I think that this is where people get this concept that God won't give you anything that you can't handle. And I know that in recent years, people have really come out and said, that's not true, Um, you know, and there's this mix. God does, God won't give you things that you can't handle. And then other people are like, that's not true. Uh, God does give you things that you can't handle. And I think that that concept comes from this verse. And so I want to read it because I think that it's important that we realize that's not what this verse is talking about at all. (laughs) And here's what he gives us that that we can handle. Okay? So just listen. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Okay, so it reminds us that God is faithful and does not let us be tempted beyond our ability. That's what this verse says about God, that he's faithful. He's not going to give us, he's not going to let the enemy tempt us beyond what he knows we are capable of withstanding. And so there's the truth of what things he won't put in your life that you can't handle. He's not going to give you temptation that you aren't able to withstand. It says that with the temptation that comes, he will provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So the truth of God's faithfulness is that he always provides a way of escape for temptation. That's the way that we're able to handle things that are thrown at us. Now, what does this tell us? about us. What does this verse tell us about us in light of God's faithfulness? Well, number one, it tells us that nothing's new. (laughs) All the temptations that are out there have already been in somebody else's life. You don't have a harder or more difficult temptation or difficulty that you are being pulled away from your walk with the Lord Yours is not more difficult than anybody else that has, than other people that have already gone before you. Uh, The temptation to pride is not anything new. The temptation for greed is not anything new. The temptation for selfishness isn't anything new. They're all common to man. And God has provided throughout the years a way for you to endure, a way for you to tap into his promises, his way of escape gives you a way out of it. And that is the faithfulness of God. Isn't that exciting to know that his remedy and his help is always, always, always there? That's how we endure it. That's how we handle it, is that we tap into his power and his ability to help us 
through the situation. And I just think that's so exciting. And then the last verse I'm going to read about this in just, and we could go on for a long time about the reality and the truth of God's faithfulness. But the last one that I'm going to really talk about is Romans 8, 38 and 39. Romans 8, 38 and 39, which says, For I am convinced that neither life, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what does that tell us about God? Well, it tells us that there are a whole host of things that can't separate us from His love. That no matter what comes, death, life, angels, demons, things in the present, things to come, any kind of power, too high, too low, anything or anything else in all creation. So I think we pretty much covered everything in the universe, right? That includes all things and And if it includes all things, that means that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. He has worked out a scenario where he is so faithful that we can count on his love no matter what. We can count on him showing up in our lives. We can count on him loving us and caring for us and going to the extreme to really be all for us and for our good and going to the ends of the earth to reach our hearts. And that there's nothing, there's not anything we can do. There's not anything anybody else can do to us or around us, or there's no circumstance that is too difficult to separate us from the love of God. That is some faithfulness right there. And so these four verses are really, to me, the bedrock example of what faithfulness looks like. If we're applying the faithfulness of like the fruit of the Spirit, faithfulness into our lives, then we have some examples of what that looks like. That faithfulness includes keeping our promises and steadfast love both for people who love us and follow our directions and for people who don't. It encourages me that I can be an example of faithfulness that there is nothing that is going to tempt me beyond my ability to withstand it. And so my example of faithfulness is withstanding it and tapping into those resources that God gives me and really tapping into his power and his strength. And then, and that, that's, that's really encouraging to be able to demonstrate to others that like, yes, this is possible. It's possible to withstand temptation because of the faithfulness that God has demonstrated to me. And then finally, I have the opportunity to demonstrate God's faithfulness to others through the power of His Holy Spirit by saying, I am going to choose to be faithful in death, in life, 
regardless of the spiritual powers that are around, regardless of what's going on today or what might come tomorrow, I'm going to choose to be faithful, regardless of how great I'm feeling or how low I'm feeling or anything else that's actually going on in my life, I am going to choose faithfulness. And in that moment, we choose faithfulness in those ways. We're an example to others that that is possible, that it's possible to choose faithfulness in those moments. That is so exciting. You know, I think that I would be I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't also just touch on the most important piece of God's faithfulness in that he loved us so much that while we were sinners, born sinners, we're not born good people. That's not the truth. The truth is that we are all born as Adam into sin. We all come with a sin nature, even those cute little babies that are born that look so perfect, born with a sin nature. And that separates us from God, both the sin nature, but also the things that we choose to do that are not holy, are are not following his law and not following his commandments. And we, we do things that we know grieve his heart. Those things separate, separate us from God. And yet while we were sinners, doing nothing to deserve it, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us because in sending him a, a fully human and fully God man to earth to be a sacrifice for us his, and sacrificing his blood for us, we are covered. God said that that is is a sufficient payment for the debt that we owe as a result of the sin that separates us from him. And so his faithfulness is no matter how much we've done wrong, whether we don't deserve it, we were in that place of not being faithful to him, of really like we totally dropped the ball and yet he chose to sacrifice his only son so that we could have life, so that we could have a relationship with him if that's what we choose. And it's so exciting to see that his faithfulness includes that all we have to do is just accept the gift. We open up our arms and we say, yes, I choose to acknowledge that Jesus is God, that he is Lord of all creation, that he is fully God and that God the Father sent him to die for my sins. I totally believe that that is the true price for my sin and I take hold of it. I accept it. And then, of course, he died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb and he rose after three days, which proves that he has the power over death. It validates his sacrifice. It says, yes, this is legitimate. I, I do have the power over death. The Bible says that the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so Jesus paid that price and then rose again 
to give us the opportunity to be in relationship with God and to enjoy Him forever, to glorify Him on the earth and to enjoy Him forever, for eternity. And all we have to do is accept it as a free gift. That's your opportunity today. And if you haven't actually taken the time to however you want to put it, there's no formal uh, formula here. You can just, in this moment, acknowledge to God that, yes, you believe and you have faith that, that Jesus' death on the cross is the payment for your sin, that you ask forgiveness for those sins and let him know that you want to be in full relationship with God and that you're willing to acknowledge him as your as your Lord and Savior, be obedient to him and follow him as, as your God and also enjoy him as your Savior, as your gift, as the as the freedom that he brings, which ultimately is what we tap into to really have true freedom in life and is what we enjoy to have freedom uh, with others and loving others well, because he's given that freedom to us. That's the faithfulness of God. That's the ultimate, ultimate faithfulness of God. That's the truth. That's the reality. And I am so excited that it's a possibility for us to be in complete relationship with him. And I'm so excited that it's not dependent on my ability to do something right over and over again, or think right, or say things right, or eventually get my whole life all in line so that, or do enough right things that my ability to be in really right relationship with God is still all about his faithfulness. That is just gold. It's such peace and such freedom. Now, taking those things, that reality and that truth, let's talk about actually feeling the faithfulness of God. Because let's just be honest, as believers, there's plenty of days where I think if we were all honest with ourselves, we would say, hmm, just not feeling it today, right? Well, And to take that a little further, let's just give a little thought to why that happens. A lot of times I think we think, "Mm, God just really feels far away today, or I'm just feeling really discouraged and I can't find God, or uh, phrases that I've heard before are things like, God just seems really distant, or oh, I just know that God was in this place today. And then another day, like it just feels like he's not there. Well, one final verse that I'll read for, I'm just going to read one verse for this particular section. And that is Hebrews 11.6. Hebrews 11.6. It says, and without faith, It is impossible to please him, meaning God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. You know, I was, there was a moment in my life where I remember very clearly in a house that I lived in several years ago, um, in 
In my bedroom, there was an ironing board that was next to a window. And I used the ironing board as sort of like an annex to my desk area because I didn't have another cabinet. I needed a place for the ironing board. And so most of the time it didn't operate as an ironing board. It just operated as another space for all of my papers and my books and my school things that I was planning. But it was, it, I remember it as one of my favorite places because if I was standing there scribbling down notes or whatever, I could look out the window and the sun would be rising. It, it looked out towards the east and in the winter, especially when all the leaves were down, the sun would rise up over a mountain and just shine into that room like this big glow. And I remember one night being especially discouraged about not really feeling like God was close. Like maybe he had forgotten me. Maybe I needed to do more of something, or maybe it was about somebody else who wasn't really tapped into God. And as a result, their ministry wasn't as real to me. Or have you ever been sitting in church and thinking like, oh, I, for whatever reason, I'm just not getting God out of the Sunday sermon. Or this worship music is just not really doing it for me. Or, you know, we get into these modes where we start analyzing the spiritual impact around us as whether as like either working or not working. And then we kind of attribute that to God showing up in our lives. God's really not showing up. I'm not really experiencing him. Or we make it other people's fault. It's the pastor's fault that I'm not really feeling God because he needs to get it together with his sermons and the stuff that he's preaching about is super boring, or his technique is boring, or he yells too much, or he's too monotone, or he talks too long, or he has too many points, or he goes on rabbit trails, or <laughs> we've tell me that I'm not the only person that sat there in a service and done this. I know I'm not. <laughs> um. So the faithfulness of God, and we attribute it to how somebody else is showing up, or we attribute it to things in our lives that haven't worked the way we wanted them to. Like, I really prayed for this thing, and it hasn't happened. And so did I make God mad, and now he's not showing up in my life? Or did I ask for the wrong thing, and I am being deceived, and I really don't know what I should be asking for. And so now I'm asking for the wrong thing. And we like analyze why it's about us or why it's about somebody else that we don't experience God's faithfulness. I want to encourage you based on this verse that I just read that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. And the exciting thing about that is that he is rewarding. He is already showing up. The idea that he isn't showing up is all about our perspective and our ability to seek him. And when I was staring out that window, I tell you, I was pretty discouraged. I was in a total funk. I had a judgment about the Sunday sermons. I had a judgment about the worship music. I had a judgment about people um, really showing love to me in practical ways. At the time, I had had surgery on my foot, and I was pretty much bedridden on and off for about 12 weeks. And 
the number of people that came to see me and came to help out and came to really minister to me was extremely minimal. And I made up that that was all about God's faithfulness to me and whether or not he was really showing up in my life. And I remember talking to one of my mentors in the moment and saying, and she was saying, Mary, don't forget about this verse, that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. So if you want to see his rewards, all you have to do is seek him. Now, I always thought that that just included, okay, now it's time to pray. Now I need to get into my daily devotions. Now I need to be reading my Bible on a regular basis. But I would read my Bible with this idea of going into it and I'm going to prove that, see, God hasn't been showing up. God hasn't been showing up. I'm going to read my Bible. He's probably not going to show up again and go into it with this idea of proving that he isn't there. And guess what I would get out of my Bible reading? Yep. Still boring. Still not getting anything. Huh. Proven. Oh, I just proved myself right again. But if I wanted to actually prove that he was a rewarder, I was going to have to look for something else. And that's when the source all turned around for me that seeking him is kind of like a treasure hunt. The first thing you have to believe on a treasure hunt is that the treasure is actually there to be found. And you go out believing that the treasure is there to be found and look for it. Where is the treasure, right? We don't wonder if it's out there. If, it, if we didn't think it was out there, we wouldn't bother going on an adventure to find treasure. It's like a scavenger hunt. Why would you go on a scavenger hunt to look for things that you know don't exist? How long would you spend on a scavenger hunt for a time machine? Not very long. But if you knew that you could get a reward on a scavenger hunt and all you had to do is come back with five leaves, like, wouldn't you go, like, it's so, of course there's leaves out there. I can go get leaves. I'll go find them. Where are they? And we go out there and we search around. Oh, I found my five leaves and I get the reward. So it's that same way with seeking after the reward of God, that we have the opportunity to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder, which is his faithfulness. And all we have to do is look for where it's showing up. So instead of saying, is it showing up or noticing where it's not showing up, the question is, where? Where is God showing up that I can see him? And when I changed that tune, it was so much easier to see that every morning when that sun rises over the mountain and just shines in my window, it was such a testimony to the faithfulness of God. He keeps the earth spinning in the universe, and the sun rises every single day, and that is evidence of his faithfulness. And I just would grin from ear to ear when the sun would just blaze in my window, reminded of he is a rewarder of me seeking him. And I found a treasure. I found a treasure in the sun rising over the mountain. And it gets exciting because we start to see treasures other places too. Like, okay, I'm not getting super inspiration out of my Bible reading, but where is he showing up? (gasps) 
He's showing up in when I talk about what the Bible says is true to my children, and I get excited about them talking to me about things that ways that God is being faithful and Bible verses and truths that they're getting. And I see him being a rewarder when I get to share how he's showing up in my life with them and them getting excited about it. I see him showing up in songs that I listen to in the car and get excited about. And some of them are Christian music and some of them aren't. And the fun thing is, is that God can use anything. He can use anything to show his faithfulness. He used, he used Pharaoh. He used so many different people in the Bible that were so much less than perfect. He used people who were bent and determined to be evil as ways to demonstrate his faithfulness to the people he loves. And so you can get, you can find reward and the faithfulness of God in so many places. All it requires is seeking him. Music in the car, uh, special foods you get to eat, fun moments with your family, enjoyable times out with a spouse or friends, ways that you connect in your schoolwork or in your homeschooling program or getting excited and feeling good in your exercise routines or lying in bed and waking up in the morning and just smiling, knowing that your sheets are comfortable and there are things that God has provided for you and you can get excited about him being a rewarder and being faithful to provide for your needs. There's so many ways that we can see the faithfulness of God and the way to feel it is to first believe that he is showing up, that he is being faithful and look for it. Believing that it's there and seeking it, knowing that he is already rewarding you and all you have to do is find out where it is. So that's my encouragement about faithfulness as we get going on this topic is to really first let's ground into the fact that God is the absolute ultimate example of faithfulness in our lives. And we can get excited about seeing it every single day. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you about faithfulness. We're definitely going to be talking about different aspects of faithfulness for the rest of this month around how to see how we're actually being more faithful than we give ourselves credit for. We're going to talk about the faithfulness of other people in our life and how to really see that in a new light. We're going to talk about choosing faithfulness in the commitments that we make, and we're going to talk about banishing some discouragement. So I, so I hope you'll join me later this month for tackling these other concepts around faithfulness. And finally, if you're interested in more regular support for how to incorporate these fruits of the Holy Spirit into your everyday life, I encourage you to jump over to maryaldrichcoaching.com and click the contact button. We have a great Fruit Pursuit Mastermind that is currently open for enrollment. I'd love to have you as part of our 
women who are fully committed to really incorporating these different aspects into their everyday lives in very practical ways. We're having a great time over there, feeling a lot of encouragement and joy and momentum, and we would love for you to be a part of that. So feel free to contact me at maryaldrichcoaching.com, and I'll see you next week. You've been listening to Fruit Pursuit with Mary Aldrich, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. To hear more great ways of growing your mindset in the fruit of the Spirit, please subscribe. You can listen to other episodes and find additional resources at fruitpursuitpodcast.com. To learn more about Mary Aldrich and the coaching work she is so passionate about, visit maryaldrichcoaching.com. And by the way, what one next step are you taking today?